This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. When Jesus lived on this earth, he challenged the established church to look beyond the rules of the law to the intention God had for establishing them. Today, we're going to hear how Jesus desires his followers to obey God out of love for him when dealing with conflict. Today we are continuing our sermon series entitled Distinct, and we're going to take a look at a distinct approach to handling conflict. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God of mercy and grace, we have come to worship you and hear your word of truth from sacred scripture. On this day of worship, may the words of my mouth, the songs on our lips, and the prayers of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock, our shelter, and our salvation. Amen. Our reading for today is from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, Jesus said. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift." Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. Here ends our reading. Dear friends, a question that has been posed to me before in the past is this. Do the commandments of the Old Testament still apply for the Christian? Is the Old Testament still legitimate for the follower of Jesus? 
Some people might say no. What do you think? Well, Jesus answers that question for us in today's passage. As he talks about righteousness in the Christ follower's life, he said, Do you think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. First, we need to look at what is this law and prophets that Jesus is talking about. What he means by that is the Old Testament, the whole of it, the commandments, the first five books, the prophetic writings like Jeremiah and Malachi, the wisdom writings. As he says, do you think, he's therefore answering accusations from the Jewish religious authorities that said he was repealing the Old Testament teachings. You see, they didn't like his attitudes towards the Old Testament laws on issues such as Sabbath-keeping. He trampled all over the rules and traditions that they had set up around this commandment, and it irritated them to no end. They thought, who does he think he is? He's trying to repeal our commandments. People also noticed that Jesus taught as one with great authority. He didn't quote other rabbis and so on, or experts. He just said his words based upon himself. And they would comment about this new teaching with such authority. And so they wondered if he was abandoning the Old Testament and setting aside Moses, who taught the laws of God. Well, Jesus emphatically says in this passage, anyone who thinks that the commandments in the Old Testament aren't important to me, you've got me all wrong. I have come not to set them aside, but to fulfill them, which means to fill them. Now, how does Jesus fulfill the Old Testament? Well, first of all, we have the doctrinal teachings in the Old Testament, don't we? There we learn about God and man and God's plan to rescue this broken world. But it's only a partial revelation. Jesus is the one who completes it in the New Testament. And then there's the prophecies that look forward to the coming of the Jewish Messiah. And Jesus comes and announces the time is fulfilled with his ministry. The climax being his death on the cross in which the perfect fulfillment of sacrifice for sin was made. Now that ceremonial sacrificial system is no longer needed. It's abolished in that way. But the meaning is much more meaningful. As we look at the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ once and for all for humankind's sin. The Old Testament also contains the moral laws of God, the ethical precepts, which were often misunderstood and disobeyed. Jesus fulfilled them by his perfect obedience. He followed them to the max. And now he says, I'm here to explain them and their intentions, why God gave them to the people. He rejects the crazy interpretation of God's commandments that the Pharisees and scribes had placed upon them with all these cumbersome man-made rules and regulations and traditions that were burdening people. He says, I've come to give you the straight scoop on God's intentions for his commandments. He came, you see, not to annul God's law, but to reveal the full depth of its meaning. 
It still applies for Christ followers, he is saying, for living a responsive, righteous life before our God of grace that we love. And Jesus says, so I expect my followers to live by them. They will not, these laws will not pass away. I want them not only to live by them, but teach them to others. In fact, he goes on to say, I want their righteousness and obedience to exceed that of the Pharisees and scribes, which must have been a shocking thing for people to hear then, and it still bothers us, makes us uncomfortable as well. See, Jesus was talking about a different kind of righteousness here. He's pointing out that, the yes, the Pharisees and scribes had this external type of righteousness and obedience. They were living by the rules in order to get right with God. And Jesus was saying, hey, this is way off base from God's intentions. That's not why he gave those. And with all their traditions and special rules that they built that fence around the commandments, where they were doing nothing but leading people to a dead end, a legalism that was just burdening people. And God never intended that when he gave the commandments. In fact, that's why Jesus would say later on to those people that would listen to him who were struggling under this legalistic system of this interpretation of God's law, he'd say, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, who are under this legalistic system, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, my yoke is easy, and my burden's light. Jesus is telling us that God is interested in loyalty to him and love for him, not legalism, like the people were being taught. Jesus is describing for those of us who who trust him and follow him a call to a deeper righteousness than the rule-keeping of the Pharisees and scribes. It's more than externals. It's an internal thing, a heart thing. It's a righteousness of the heart, an inward righteousness of mind and our motives, a, a wholehearted obedience that stems from a grateful heart that just can't say, I love you, Lord, enough. The prophets of the Old Testament actually talked of the promised day when God would write the law upon his people's hearts and that he would put his spirit within them and cause them to walk in his ways. Well, that day has come in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came to save us from our sins and bring us into his kingdom. And this deeper righteousness and obedience that he's calling us to as his followers is now made possible through the working of God's Spirit, which dwells within those of us who have been born again in Christ. We have to remember now who Jesus is addressing in this passage, it's his followers who have received him, who will soon receive the Holy Spirit. And it's addressed to those of us who will receive him later on and receive his Holy Spirit. So here Jesus is saying, yeah, the commandments really matter. They matter to me, and I want them to matter to you as well as my followers. Follow them, not to save yourselves, but to express your 
your love for the God who loves you. Next, Jesus moves on. He says, let me give you a concrete example of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this uh, righteousness that exceeds, this deeper righteousness. He uses the fifth commandment. uh, Thou shalt not murder. He says, you have heard it said to those of old from the teachers of the law, that's who he's talking about, scribes and Pharisees, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. By the way, that last part, scribes and Pharisees added on. That's not in the Ten Commandments. For most of us, though, we might think, well, that's an easy one to follow. I've never murdered anyone. I don't think I'd ever do that. But listen to this. Jesus then takes it deeper. He takes it right to the heart of the matter. He traces murder to a dark hiding place in the human heart. Hatred. And he says with godlike authority, you've heard it said, but I say to you, everybody who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment And everyone who insults his brother will be liable. And whoever calls him fool will be liable to the fire of hell. Anger. The word used here means to harbor and nurture hatred in the heart towards someone else. To nurture resentment. To to want revenge. Jesus says, that has no place in my kingdom among my followers, and it will face the judgment of God in the end. He gets to the root, I suppose, of murder, doesn't he, as he points to anger. And he talks about words and the power of words to kill. We know that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Jesus takes that one away from us. He says, whoever insults his brother... And the word used there for insult is, calls him raka. In other words, stupid. Uh, challenges or looks with contempt upon his intellect. Or whoever says you're a fool, which means moron, which is one in the Old Testament who is looked upon as one with very poor, questionable character and doesn't respect God. Whoever casts contempt on a person's intellect and character Jesus says, that's like murder, and that has consequences. And if you are a member of my kingdom, if you've tasted my grace in your life, and you love me for all that I've done for you, then you are to work on avoiding these things like the plague. And as people of the new birth in Christ, we can avoid these things. And instead, act in love towards our brothers and sisters because we are powered by the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us. We can move towards love as we have been loved by Christ. Well, Jesus then moves on. He says, now, let's say that you've gotten into a conflict with someone and You've committed an an offense like what I've just described against someone, and you're wondering, now, what do I do? 
you're looking back, he says this. Let me put it in our modern day terms. If you are in church in the middle of a service of worship and you suddenly remember that your brother has a grievance against you, leave church at once and put it right. Ask for forgiveness from that person and then come and offer your worship to God. First things first, reconcile with that person. We are to be reconciling in our relationships with one another. That's a favorite word for the Christian. It's a grace word for us. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was taking steps to fix the broken relationship between himself and humankind. And it was a gracious act on God's part because we're the ones who had offended with our sin. And yet he took the step of reconciliation towards us through his son, Jesus Christ, while we were still his enemies, offering us his forgiveness. So what Jesus is saying is that we are to be reconcilers. If you have done something that has offended, you've gotten in a conflict with someone, or someone has maybe even hurt you, and there's been words spoken that have been hurtful, or actions taken that have wounded, go and go right away, Jesus says, and say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Do it even before... You worship God. Don't hide behind your piety. Make things right. As I read this passage, I'm reminded of the ninth step in the Alcoholics Anonymous 12 Steps program, which says, uh, after you have made a list, that's step eight of the people that you've heard along the way, go and make Amends with them. Step nine. Well, there you have it. That's Christ's plan for people like you and me who trust and follow him. We're told that we are to be standouts in this unrighteous world with a distinct, deeper righteousness and obedience as we live out our relationships with God and other people. We are to be people committed to doing things God's way, out of gratitude and devotion for all he's done for us. And with the Spirit's help, we are to be people that are aware of the anger and the junk that resides within us, hatred and ego, pride. And work with that. Deal with it. In the name of Christ. And finally, we are to be reconciling people that go and ask for forgiveness right away when we are failing at love. By the way, are there any relationships that are needing your attention? Someone you've wounded along the way that you need to reconcile with. Turn off this service now and go or pick up the phone. Put it right in Christ's name. Do it out of love for Jesus Christ who first loved you at his cross. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, help us to exercise 
a true and deeper righteousness in our lives. To take these words of Jesus and apply them in our relationships with others. You know our weaknesses and our selfishness and ego, so forgive us for those times when we are wrongfully angry and say things that hurt others. By the power of your Holy Spirit, empower us to be followers of Jesus that are willing to humbly say, I'm sorry, to those we have offended along the way, and to not put off seeking reconciliation with them. Help us in this, O God. We ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you, out of love for Christ, to reconcile any of your relationships that need attention. Christian Crusaders cares deeply about the spiritual lives of our listeners. If you have a concern for which you desire prayer, please contact us by visiting our webpage and following the Is This For You link. Our board of directors and staff are dedicated to lifting up our listeners to the throne of grace through intercessory prayer. All requests are kept confidential. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported ministry dedicated to serving the spiritual needs of those unable to attend worship in the church of their choosing and all others who have need to listen. If you enjoyed today's program, we invite you to help support this ministry with your prayers and financial gifts. All donations to this ministry are considered tax-deductible. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Or you can call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and radio speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 81st year of broadcasting biblical truth.